Hey Hydrant family, my name is Miranda and I am super excited that I get the opportunity to preach in this Women of the Bible series. Uh, my connection to Hydrant, Hydrant has been a constant for me over the last seven years. It has been a place of healing, of hope, and of love, and honestly at times tough love. You know, in fact, I preached my very first sermon in that building. Hydrant, one of my favorite things about it, it's always been a place that has championed the calling of women. And uh, one, of my, one of my other favorite things about Hydrant is the fact that my gender and my race have never been a factor in my calling. So I'm excited to get back to Goldsboro and to partner with Hydrant in connecting, filling, and overflowing and showing Goldsboro just how much Hydrant Church loves them, but more so than that, how much their Heavenly Father loves them. And so, like I said, this sermon series is the Women of the Bible sermon series. And Pastor Tim opened us up that first week with an awesome sermon on Esther. And then Pastor Anita followed it up on Mother's Day with a challenging sermon on Ruth and Naomi. And then last week, Pastor Liz, she showed us the strength and the courage that is found in the story of Deborah. This week, I get the opportunity to talk about another woman in the Bible, but this one I feel like doesn't get the attention that it deserves. Um, a fun fact about me is I love obscure Bible stories. I love those stories that not a lot of people talk about and that, um, that seem kind of out there, right? This particular story about this woman is one that I believe we skip over. Maybe it's due to the content, the location, whatever the case may be, but I think we skip over it. And I, I, I want us to dive in and see what this woman has to teach us. So this week, we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. So to set up our story, it's found um, in all four of the Gospels, but we're going to particularly look in the book of Mark. And so we will get there in just a second. But to set it up, Jesus had just restored a demon-possessed man and crossed over the Sea of Galilee. There he met a man named Jairus, who Jairus was a synagogue leader, and he pleaded with Jesus to go with him and to heal his dying daughter. So Jesus agrees to go with him. And this is where we enter our story. So if you would, grab your Bible or grab your Bible app and turn to the book of Mark. That's Matthew, Mark in the New Testament, chapter 5. And we are going to start in verse 24. And he, being Jesus, went with him, being Jairus. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? 
And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I think there are three major points in her story that we can use even today. <clears throat> the first point, we all have our issues. It's what makes us human. You see, this woman dealt with the issue of blood for 12 years. Really, that just means she was really sick. She was dealing with a serious women's health issue that drained her of all of her time, energy, and money. Unfortunately, I too know what that feels like to deal with a women's health issue. You see, I have dealt with a women's health issue the majority of my life. And that issue has drained me mentally, physically, financially, and even emotionally. And so her dealing with this issue of blood also made her ritually unclean, like we find in the Old Testament, particularly in Leviticus 15. You see, anyone that she touched would be unclean. Anything she laid on would be unclean. Simply put, she couldn't do the things she was used to doing or that was customary for women to do during that time. You see, in Leviticus 15, there are, a, there are numerous things that would make a man or a woman unclean. And, and according to that list, this woman was very much so unclean. What does that mean exactly? It means that she couldn't spend time with her kids if she had them. She couldn't hang out with her husband if she had one. She couldn't hang out with her friends. And I say if she had one because we don't know. You see, Scripture doesn't tell us anything about her family or her personal life. In fact, all we know about this woman is her identifier is her issue. How often in our world today do, do people label us as our issues or our problems or something that we've gone through? Oh, well, he's an addict. Oh, well, she, she has anxiety. Society puts those labels on us that make, that, that make us seem as if our identity is wrapped up in that. And so for this woman, her, her identifier was her issue. Her condition seemed incurable. She had spent all of her time, her money, and her effort at the doctors for them to not make her better. In fact, it made her worse. She desperately wanted Jesus to heal her. In fact, she had turned to doctors and to medicine to help, but it only made it worse. You see, in her mind... Jesus was her last hope. Friends, I don't know what your problem is or your issue is. You know, it may not even be physical. Maybe it's uh, emotional. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's financial. I, I don't know what it is, but, but I, I think that 
oftentimes, and I know for me personally, I think that my issue and my problems will, will keep me far away from God because, to be honest, my issues and my problems would probably make him unclean. But I, I love the fact that, that that doesn't matter because God, we will see later in this story that he is always ready to help us no matter what our issue is, no matter what the problem is, he is ready and right there. Like I said earlier, for me, I get this woman's struggle. For so many years, I have felt that my, my issue or my lack of a diagnosis defined my overall health. I felt like that's all my doctors saw, and that's all they were going to see. And that, honestly, there have been times in my life where I felt like if I told people that they would only see me for my issue and nothing else. They wouldn't want to get to know me uh, personally. They wouldn't want to get to know me on a deeper level. All they would see is my issue. And honestly, not just this women's health issue, things that I have done in my past, I feel like if people knew that they would just see me for that and discount everything else that they either knew about me or have yet to learn about me. This woman was in that same boat. The next point is, we all have our moment. It's what makes us decide. You see, she saw him amidst the larger crowd and figured this is it. This is her chance. She made a decision that she had nothing left to lose and everything to gain by reaching out. Scripture tells us, in fact, that she reached out and touched the hem of his robe. Did you catch that last part? She just touched the hem of his robe. What an amazing sign of faith from this woman that, that she knew Jesus and she knew who he was and she knew that the power that he had and she made up her mind. She said, I don't need to see him. I don't need to talk to him. I don't need to have a conversation with him. I just need to touch the hem of his robe and I will have healing. Church, I, I wonder, I wonder how often we think that our problems are too big for God. We think that, that he, there's no way he, he, could, he could handle that. But what if we truly believed that all we needed to do was to touch the hem of his robe. What would our lives look like? What kind of life transformation would happen if that's how we truly lived our lives? Just the thought. And my last point is, we all have our story. It's what points people to Jesus. And so I think it's very important to, to note how Jesus interacted with this woman in this story. You see, in that culture, Jews and Gentiles did not interact with one another. Even more so, a Jewish man and a Gentile woman? Unheard of. But one of the millions of things that I love about Jesus is that he crosses over cultural boundaries and he reaches out to the broken, the hurt, and the lost. You see, Jesus had noticed later on in that chapter, we see Jesus had noticed that power had left him, and so he was curious to know who touched him. I think for me, I would be more like his disciples in this part of the story because they're walking in this huge crowd, and Jesus turns around and he asks the question, Who touched me? 
and his disciples are kind of all looking around at one another and and they're like Jesus we're we're in a large crowd like anybody could have touched you but Jesus knew Jesus didn't ask that question because he didn't know he knew but I believe that he wanted to do more in this woman's life and so he asked the question seeing if she would come forward because there was more for her. So this lady, knowing what had happened to her, came forward trembling with fear. And he, she told him the truth. There have been plenty of times in my life that I know God was calling me to come forward to him, and I didn't. Or it took me a long time. You see, because I was afraid. I was afraid of what he would say. I was afraid of what the people around me would say. I was afraid of the consequences. I was afraid of what would happen if I came forward and, and told the truth. You know, now I know that there is power in vulnerability. There's power in all, being authentic. There is power in telling the truth. More than power, there's grace. There's grace in vulnerability. There is grace in being authentic, and there is grace in telling the truth. This woman tried to hide. So, so friends, how often do we try to hide from God after we've done something because we're, we're afraid of what might happen? But you see... The beauty of it all is that, that Jesus doesn't see her as her problem or her issue or this issue of blood. He doesn't see that. In fact, one of my favorite parts of this story, in fact, he gives her a new name. He gives her a new identifier, and that identifier is daughter. He doesn't look at her and say, woman with the issue of blood. He looks at her and he says, daughter. Friends, can I tell you that Jesus doesn't see your mess up? He doesn't see your shame, your guilt. He doesn't see any of that. He sees you as daughter. He sees you as son. He sees you as beloved. And so for this woman, it's the first time that, that somebody of importance sees her for something other than her issue. He calls her daughter. And I love a good fun fact. And fun fact is about this part that this is the only time in the Gospels that Jesus uses this term of endearment to address someone. He looks at her and he calls her daughter and he says, Daughter, go in peace. You are suffering no more. You see, he doesn't just say you're healed and that's it. He says, go in peace. So you might be sitting there and you might say, Miranda, that's great. Like that was an amazing, that's an amazing story. I didn't realize that it was there and, and your points make sense or, or I hadn't seen that before, but, but now what? What am I supposed to do with all of this now? I believe that our healing or our miracle isn't just for us. I think that it's so we can go and proclaim how good he is and shine his glory bright. You see, 
he told this woman, go in peace and be healed of your disease. That word go implies movement. It implies that, that you can't just stay still. You see, she has to go and move forward and tell others what happened to her. Most importantly, who did it? You see, she, in this point, kind of became a missionary. She was told to go in peace and, and to spread the news of what Jesus had done for her. I want to take a second and want to think about the crowd that may have been present during this time. I think that we can separate these people into two different camps. I think we have one that's passing acquaintances and the other that is dare, the daring faithful. I think that in today's world, there are many people who are vaguely aware of who Jesus is, but nothing in their lives have changed or transformed because they're merely just a passing acquaintance. But this other group, there are those that have the daring faith to say, all I need to do is to touch the hem of his robe and I will be changed, I will be healed, I will be transformed. I just need to touch the hem of his robe. Who knows? That touch may completely change your life. I know that sometimes when, when things happen to us, we have a tendency, and I used to be like this, and I'm still honestly kind of working on it. We have a tendency to say, well, well, it's okay. It was worth it. But in my study of this story, I, I had to wrestle with that because I truly do not believe that this woman would sit here and, and if we were having a conversation with her, she would say, you know what? The 12 years of bleeding was worth it. I don't think she would say that. I think that she would challenge us to shift our perspective and to say, God made it matter. God made it matter. I don't believe that she would ever want to go through those 12 years again. I know for me there are things in my life that I would not want to go through again. But I do believe that we come to a point where we can say, even though it didn't make sense or it may not make sense now, God is going to use it. And God is going to make it matter. Friends, no matter how hard life may be, either right now due to this current circumstance that we are in and the season that we are in or due to circumstances beyond our control. Life, it's still wonderful because Jesus is at the center of it all. And so I believe that we all have our issues. It's what makes us human. We all have our moment whether we are going to accept Jesus and walk in his way and his truth, or we're going to go the way of the world, we all have that moment and we have to decide. And then we all have our story. And your story is uniquely yours. It's not mine. It's not Pastor Tim's. It's not Pastor Nina's. It's not Pastor Liz's. It's your story. We all have one, and it's what points people to Jesus.
I know for me, I came to know the loving grace of Jesus by somebody sharing their story. And so church, imagine how many people you can reach by simply just telling them your story. Every part of it. Because God's going to make it matter. He's going to use every single piece of your story. The good, the bad, the ugly, (laughs) the parts that you'd probably rather not talk about. He's going to use it. and He's going to make it matter. And so... I believe that this woman, this daughter, can teach us that there's no issue too big or issue too bad that's going to drive God away from us. In fact, he calls out to us. He says, who, who touched me? And when we come forward and we, we, we say that it was us, he looks at us and he says, son, daughter, Go in peace. You're you're suffering no more. He calls us. He makes us new because of his grace and his love. And friends, he will make it matter. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this time that we have to dive deeper into your word, to look at the story of your daughter who, who had this issue but you made it matter she had the faith to reach out and and, and get the healing that she knew that you possessed and you looked at her not as her issue but as your daughter so father I pray that you would reveal yourself to us in a fresh and new and powerful way today, that, that, we, that we would know that you don't see us by our issue. You see us as your son or your daughter. You see us as your beloved. God, thank you. Lord, we give you all the honor and glory and praise because you deserve that and so much more. So, Lord, we say thank you and we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We are so glad that we got to worship with you this morning. We want to remind you that you can text in the word CONNECT to 919-888-4401 to connect with Hydrant Church even in times like these. And then if you want to invest in the vision and the mission and what God is doing at Hydrant Church, then we invite you to go to hydrantchurch.org slash give. And there you can invest financially in what God is doing here at Hydrant Church and throughout our community. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you in person soon. Have a great week.